Good morning. Welcome to all those joining us for Likute Halachas, Yoradea, Chelik Sheni, Hilchas Orla, Halacha Dalit. In the middle of paragraph Yud Zayin, in my version, it's a, a new paragraph that begins with the words, Vezeh Bechinas Hatikiois, Shehem Mishuloshin Bechola Bechinas. We dedicate the learning today, Leilu Nishmas, Chaya Bas Reb Shradafaival whose yard site is tomorrow on the 22nd of Kislev, and Leila Nishmas Naomi Basyacha, whose yard site is on Thursday, the 24th of Kislev. Because we will not have shul in those days, I'll be traveling. We're dedicating the shir now, Leila Nishmas, and Leila Nishmas, Rebeliezeb Rebnas Nyakov, Yentafratl Bas Rebbe Shuaryeh, Zahavaleya Basra Bavrom, Tsipkarivka Basra Pileo, and all the Nashamis that need a, a tikkun. And for a complete refu shalema for all those that need it, including Khadivachana Basgalia, Rochel Basgalia, Nayanachama Basgalia, Esther Malka Basarasasha, Malkehinda Baskrindel, Shlomo Ben Rifka Sprinza. Moshe Mendel ben Leia, Lei ben Zhenya, David Shimshon ben Soraleya, Hinde Sheba bas Rochel, Yente Sora bas Chanarus, Menachem ben Rishabasha, Chayu Brocha bas Peral, Daniel Borah ben Sora, Aviva Chayu bas Esther Mendel, Froma bas Ganesa, Borah Mordechai ben Tali, Abigail Brocha bas Shirad Voira, David Lei ben Shena, Idis bas Miriam Brindel, Michal Sora bas Hadassa, Gitaganel bas Sipoira, Lebalea bas Sipoira, Sora Rochel bas Yuspehendel, Abigilano bas Yuspehendel, Yehudis Ruchoma bas Chavarus, David ben Behia, Shendel bas Lea, Yaakov Yeshua ben Freindel Rechel, Shimon Eliezer ben Rochel, Besorch Sharfel Yisroel. We were speaking, we said that this halach is based on chapter 1 in the second half of Likud Imran and also chapter 8. And Rabbein Zalvia spoke about the three taivos, the three being machnia, the three taivos roys. And Rabbein Zal spoke about the three yom and toivim, Pesach, Shavuos, and Sukkot, <coughs> that counter these three taivos. And Rabbein Zal spoke about the fact that those yom and toivim draw from Rosh Hashanah. And that's why we have the law of the mitzvah of Orla, whereby three Rosh Hashanahs have to go by before we're able to partake from the fruit of a tree. Now Rav Zal continues on that, on that theme. Based on what we've been learning till now, we'll be able to understand why when it comes to blowing the shofar on Rosh Hashanah, Shehem Mishuloshin Bechol Habachinais. The sounds of the shofar are also all in threes. Kamashikosu Mishnah, as it says in the Mishnah, towards the end of Mesechta Rosh Hashanah, Seder Hatakios Sholosh Shel Sholosh Sholosh. That the order of the sounds of the shofar are three sets of threes. Ki hatikiois hembechinas tikun hakoilois shemoyorin mimamakin, because the sounds of the shofar correspond to what Rabbeinu Zal speaks about there on the Kutim Ran, 
about the special koilois with which we cry out to Hashem from the depths of our heart. Bechinas min hameitzar korosiko. As it says in Tehillim, I cry out to Hashem min hameitzar from my constriction. And that's the pasuk that the the Baltikar recites before he starts blowing the shofar. Dehainu shalidei hatikios mamshichin al Yisrael heoras hatshuva. By the blowing of the shofar on Rosh Hashanah, especially, we draw upon Klal Yisrael the light of tshuva. Sheyisku tomid litzoyk l'Hashem Yisborach me'imke imke libon mikol mokayim. And this this shows us that we always need to cry out to Hashem from the deep depths of our heart, from wherever we're at. And as we learned earlier, that's the most important part of tshuva. And therefore, the sets of tkiya shofar are three sets of threes, tkiya shavarim tkiya, tkiya trua tkiya, tkiya shavarim trua tkiya, and we blow those three times each. Kalidei hakoilais v'hatzaokais, because through these sounds and crying out, we draw upon ourselves the tikkunim of the three holidays, Pesach, Shavuot, Sukkot, which Rabbi Nezal shows there in Likud Imran, that the three holidays are what correct the three taivas. We mentioned it earlier, taivas momoin, the holiday of Pesach, Taivas Noshim, the holiday of Shavuos. Taivas Achila, the holiday of Sukkot. Shebohem Tolui Hakoil. And these three Taivas basically represent all of the different Taivas Roys. Umachma Shegam Hasholish Midoy Sanal, Heim Sholish, Klulami Sholish. And because of the fact that, as we learned in the previous year, that when we speak about these three Taivas, each one of them is a composite of all three. Each one contains all three. Therefore, so too, we counter it with the sounds of the shofar that are also three and each three sets of threes. And this explains also why we don't just blow this one time, a set of three times three, but rather we do it many times. We repeat it to to, to add up to a hundred sounds of the shofar. Because this is this is the way it's supposed to be. That a Jew has to cry out to Hashem throughout their, our entire lives many, many times. Never to become tired of this, to know that this is something that we always have to be doing. As Rabbeinazal warned us, never ever to give up on crying out to Hashem. Because as is written in the Sifrei Kabbalah, a very important rule that we cannot repair 
anything just about in one shot. Especially a person who has messed up in a big way. That person has to be very patient and, and expect that their tikkun will take a long time. As it says in the Gemara, that when a person comes to purify themselves, then from heaven they help the person. And they tell the person, wait, be patient. And as is found in the writings of the Arizal, in the Priyetz Chaim, when he starts speaking about the topic of Rosh Hashanah, why we have Rosh Hashanah every year, and the Arizal here discusses the correction of the sin of Odom Arishan, of eating from the Eitz Hadas, because of the magnitude of this sin, it's impossible to correct it in one day. But rather, the Arizal shows that each year, this Tikkun has to go from Rosh Hashanah all the way through Shmini Atzeres. And even throughout that entire length of time, we don't complete the tikkun. But rather, every year we're chipping away. Every year we're repairing a little bit and a little more. Until will arrive at the finish line when when death will come to an end. Ayin Shom, take a look over there in the pre Chaim, where the Arizal makes this perfectly clear. Mikolshkein Ato, Rav Zal says, if this is what the Arizal wrote during his time, how much more so nowadays, Shekol Echod Hoisiv Chatoen V'kilkulem Al Chetod HaMorishon Masha Hoisiv, whereby each and every person throughout the generations added their own sins to the original sin of Adamarishan, Alkain Therefore we must realize that it's impossible to fix everything in one shot, Rak Maat Maat, but rather we're constantly repairing a little bit and a little more and a little more. And this is a known fact, that the Yitzhahara and all of his armies are always lying in ambush against us. They're always trying to trap us. And as soon as a Jew becomes inspired and motivated to cry out to Hashem, the other side, the Sahara, rises up to fight that person even more. Because the Sahara sees that this person is trying to escape from the Sahara. As the Gemara says at the end of Sukkah, any person who rises to a higher level than their friend has a greater Yetzirah than their friend. 
has a stronger opposing power. And because of the fact that the person is still on a low level, because the person has only become a little bit inspired and motivated to want to improve. And the person has only begun their tikkun, like a hairbreath. And even based on that little bit of progress, the Sahara tries so hard to fight the person. This is why we need to realize that it's very difficult to stand up to the Yitzhahara. It's for this reason that there are so many people that are far from doing tshuva. Because Rav Nosensal says the truth is that many, many Jews are constantly receiving motivation, inspiration to want to do tshuva, thoughts of tshuva. Because the Gemara tells us that even spiteful, spiteful sinners have regrets many times. But unfortunately, due to the major efforts of the Yitzhahara to tease these people and to fight them, whereby the Yitzhahara opposes the person all the time, Rabin Noiflim Miad, many people fall immediately, and some people stay in the battle, stay in the ring for a, a period of time, and then they fall. Alkain, Iker Hatakona Rak Therefore, the most important solution to all of this is for a person to be prepared to cry out to Hashem always, no matter how many times a person falls. And now we'll understand why the Gemara tells us, and this is what we follow today, that regarding each one of the sounds of the shofar, the shvarim, the trua, the combination shvarim trua, we always do a tekiya in front and a tekiya after. Because if you look in the Chomish, it doesn't mention the, the Tekiya sound. It only refers to the Trua sound. It calls Rosh Hashanah Yom Trua Yelachem. Ach Rabbi Senazal Kiplu Shekol Trua However, it's our rabbis that had a tradition they knew that each Trua has to have a tekiya before it and a tekiya after it. And the, the, the trua we're going to see, there's, there's, there, were diff, there was uncertainty whether trua is what we call trua today or whether it's what we call shvarim today. So therefore, we blow tekiya shvarim tekiya, tekiya trua tekiya, and we even do tekiya shvarim trua tekiya. Ki koil tekiya shahu koil poshut 
זה בחינס מה שבתחילס התיקון, שכושר ההסחול המועיד צריכים רק לצעיק כל פושט להשם יסבורך מאינקי אינקי הלב. רב נוסן זלנר זה מתאים איש סאונד של השופר. because the person at that point in time has no idea as to how to get out of the traps that the Yitzhahara has set for them. And the person doesn't even really know yet exactly how to daven, how to, how to request from Hashem. And therefore the person has to simply cry out a simple sound, Oi! Like an Oi! Without a real deep, deep sigh, a deep Oi! As it says in Tehillim, I call out to you, Hashem, from the deep depths of my heart. Vazai! על ידי צעקוסי הפשוטה, שוב חינס תקיעה, השניסבורך מועיר רח מבוב, and then, by the person giving that simple, straight sound, that אוי, השם has pity on the person, that's that תקיעה in front, ומסחילו חויר בדייתו האורס התיקון, and השם starts shining into that person's brain, the beginning of תיקון. Of, of rectification. And Hashem hints to the person exactly what the proper way is to daven Hashem. Meaning that the person should cry out and beg Hashem to shine into our brains the light of the three parts of the brain. which correspond to the three holidays, which upon which is dependent the main tikkun of all the taivas. And this explains the sound of the shofar that's called trua, which is triple sounds, Both of those are referred to as truah. Those triple sounds represent the three parts of the brain. Hainu. Now, this is already phase two, where we're starting to get more specific, and we're begging Hashem to shine into, into us the tikkun of the three holidays. And Hashem listens to the sound of our trua, and the sound of our crying out to Him with tremendous kindness, 
V'tekef masri lohoyer aleinu eza haschola satiku mishon. And Hashem immediately starts shining upon us the beginning of a tikun coming from there, from the three holidays. V'azai tekef ezel umaseh. And as soon as that happens, the other side counters that. Mizgara habaldovor lekalkel chasveshol nekudas hascholas atikanzer. The Yitzchora immediately rises up to counter the, this beginning of the tikkun. Vazai tzrichim tekev litkoya oit kiyapshuta lachreho. And therefore, at that point, we have to do another tikkia, another oy. Ki tekev achar hisnoitzetus eizen nekuda. Because immediately after the person starts receiving the, a, a starting light of the tikkun, the person has to come back with a second time, an, an oy, a super oy, a super cry from the depths of the person's heart. That's the second tekiah, which follows, which comes at the end of the set. Remember, tekiah, trua, tekiah. In order to remove the satan, so that he shouldn't be able to destroy the beginning of the tekiah that we started. So Rav I'll just explain the, the, the method and the procedure that a person goes through in crying out to Hashem. First, it's just a deep sigh, a major oi. Then there's an oi, 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 in a sense, the three sounds of the shvarim or the triple three of the trua, where a person is now getting a little bit more specific and begging Hashem to give me das, to give me the seichel that I need to defeat my Sahara. And as soon as the person does that, the Sahara comes back again, and the person has to do another tekiah, another oi. And this is what we say in Hashkivenu, in the tefillah of Mayrev, v'hoser soton milfoneinu umeacharenu. Hashem, please take away the Satan from in front of us and from behind us. We have to cry out Hashem, begging Hashem to remove the Yitzhahara that's at the starting gate, that's before, we, when we begin the Tikkun, and also for Hashem to remove the satan that comes after we receive a, a tikkun. This explains the order of the shofar blowing, where we start with the tikkun and we end with the tikkun. Because Rav Nosanzal says, we do not have the strength, the ability to remove the Yitzhahara and to chase him away through any other method other than crying out to Hashem, that simple cry, that oy, that major scream, that tekiah coming from the depths of our heart. And then 
we have to try again to start to begin some step of the of the beginning of the tikkun. Utsrichin last vilitkoya pshutalafaneho pshutalachrea. And we have to do another set, a new set, which includes a tkia in front and a tkia in back. Vikhain Bakol Pam. Rabnasanzal says this is the cycle, this is how it goes. Ibachol Pam Tsrichin Litsoik Koilo is Pshutin. Because each time a person has to scream, a person has to cry out that poshut, that simple sound, that kia, that oi, that's before starting a new phase of tikkun. Because of a major, major battle that the person is encountering every time, every step of the way from the Yetzirah. Because we have no power to stand up to the Yetzirah. Other than grabbing onto the method that our forefathers used, which is to cry out to Hashem all the time. Any questions, please? Now, Rav Nosazal, in the next piece, goes into the whole explanation of Shvarim Trua. Paragraph Yudches. Based on what we're learning here, we'll be able to understand why the Gemara tells us our rabbis weren't sure Regarding the Bekoil Trua, what the sound of the Trua is, what does the Torah mean when it uses the word Trua? Is it what we call Shvarim today, which is Tu, 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 those three sounds? Or Trua? Or is it what we today call Trua? Which is those short staccato sounds? Tu 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 tu. The hiskinu lotzis kol hasfekos litkoya kulam, and therefore the Gemara tells us that our rabbis established that we do both of them. We do shvarim, we do trua, and we even do a combination of shvarim trua. Because Rabbi Nezal explains over there in chapter 1, in the second half of Likut Emaran, in the beginning of the chapter, that the way that a person repairs themselves, the way that a person succeeds in defeating all three major taivos, is by showing proper respect to the three Yom and Toivim. That will enable the person to correct all three taivas, Shehem Taivas Momoy, Umishko, Vaachila. The taiva for money, ex- the excess desire for money, <clears throat> and the, the wrong type of desire for relationships between men and women, and food. And Rabbi Nezal, that chapter in the Kutunran shows from Psukim and Gamorois that once a person corrects those three taivos, then there's a to Shlemus Hayira, to complete Yira, and to Nevua, 
and to perfection, the highest level of perfection of tefillah. And after all of that, Rabbein Zal writes, Aval yesholosh avoidos, shehem mafsidim avoidos tefillah. Tefillah is called avoido, to serve Hashem with your whole heart, tefillah is called avoido. And Rabbi Nezal says there that there are three other avoidos that damage a person's tefillah. Shehem bechinas which are these three major sins, idol worship, sins, sinful relationships with between men and women, and murder. Ayin Shom, take a look over there in Likud Emoran. Move on Shom. Rabbi Nezal explains there, She'yevshe lahamshech tikun hatfila al yedea sholish regolim, she'mesaknem sholish taiwe sanal, kiem kishemeshabrim umevatlem sholish avoide sanal. That it's impossible for a person to really achieve that perfection of tefillah by by observing the three holidays, which correct the three tivus roys, unless the person also breaks these three avoidos, which are avoidazora, Now, anybody that learns that chapter on the Kutumran properly is going to come up with this question that Rav Nelson Zal asks now. There seems to be a difficult thing here. Rav Nelson seems to be listing the, the sinful relationship between men and women twice. He lists it the first time when he speaks about the three holidays overcoming the three taivas. And he says there, taivas moin, taivas mishgol, and taivas achila. And mishgol means this type of pigama bris, these sin, all sins related to the relationship between men and women. Shemesaknim alidei sholish rukmolim. And Rabbi Nezal says there that the way that we correct these three taivas is by showing the proper respect to these three holidays. <coughs> But then Rabbi Nezal repeats this Mishgal when he lists those three bad avoidos that damaged Filah. Giluyarayos is pretty much the same thing as Taivas Mishgal. And now Rav Nelson Zal is going to really explain what the three, what the two sets of three in that chapter in Likut Imran, what they're really all about. Achanira, who Rav Nelson Zal says, however, what, what it seems to me is, that there's a difference between those two sets the three taivos that Rabbi Nezal speaks about towards the beginning of that chapter in Likut Imran, and the three avoidos that damaged Fila, which Rabbi Nezal speaks about later on. Well, 
the latter part of that chapter where Rabbi Nezal speaks about there he's speaking about things that a person has to eliminate completely, no compromises. Whereas earlier in the chapter, when Rabbi Nezal speaks about Taivas Momoin, Taivas Achila, Taivas Noshin, Shehim Taivas Momoin, Umishkov Achila, Tzrichim Tikun, there it requires repair. It's not a matter of eliminating it completely. How? By a person perfecting the three parts of their brain. Regarding each one of these three things, we have to repair. We have to be able to eliminate the negative aspects of it and to select the good aspects of it. Because in those three taivos that Rabbi Nezal lists, there's a good side to it and there's a bad side to it. Because within the framework of holiness, a person needs a person needs to eat. A man needs to marry a woman. And, and a person needs to have money. It's impossible for a person to live in this world without them. For example, money. When a person worships money, and when a person goes after money in an excessive kind of way, that's definitely something bad, terrible. As Rabbi Nezal speaks about this in several places. However, despite that, within the framework of holiness, a Jew needs money. A Jew needs money to buy tzitzis and tefillin and candles for food for Shabbos and a dress for his wife for Yantif. As we find Rabbi Nezal in several places speaks about holy money, when money is being used properly for mitzvahs and mitzvahs, the gold and silver that was used in the Beis HaMikdosh. And so too regarding a relationship between men and women. In order to perpetuate mankind, in order to produce children, and a person having this relationship with holiness and purity, it's definitely a major mitzvah. That's the first mitzvah listed in the Torah, to, to perpetuate mankind. And so to eating, it's definitely impossible for a person to exist without eating. And therefore a person is required to eat with holiness in order to sustain the neshama, in order that the person should live and be able to do good things. As the Pasuk says in Mishlei, a tzaddik eats 
in order to satisfy the needs of the nefesh, the, nesh- the neshama, so that the neshama should have a tool, a body, which a healthy body, which it can use to perform mitzvahs. Especially when it comes to Shabbos or Yantif, when it's a special mitzvah to eat, and to eat well. Nimza. So therefore we conclude Shekol Elu Hashalish Midois Srichin Biur Vitikum that in the beginning of that chapter on the Kutimran, towards the beginning, where Abenazal speaks about these three Midois, these three Taivois Royce, they require tikkun. It's not a matter of eliminating it completely, it's a matter of recognizing that there's a good and bad there, and to to stay away from the bad and to choose the good side of it. To eliminate the bad aspect of it completely, and to select only the good, to conduct ourselves in all three of these areas with holiness and purity, the way Hashem wants us to. But what Rabbeinu Zal lists later on in the chapter, after he speaks about Nevoah, and after he speaks about Tefillah, and then he says, and now, now you need to know that regarding Tefillah, there are three things that oppose Tefillah, that hurt the Tefillah in a big way. There, what's required is that we destroy it, we eliminate it completely, 100%. Because idol worship, and even if we're not talking about actual idol worship, but we're talking about a deficiency in emuna where a person's emuna is not 100%, shehi bechina savidizara, which the Baal Shem Tov says is turning towards idol worship, that any slight turn away from Hashem is a turn towards the direction of avidizara, bevadai tzrichen l'shaber ulevate legamri. A person definitely has to overcome that completely. Shlo yishur abonu chas v'shom shum shemet savidizara. We don't want to have any trace of Avodah inside of us. Which means we don't want to allow any iota of a deficiency in our faith in Hashem. We want it to be 100%. And so to those relationships, which the Torah defines as forbidden, we certainly don't want to partake in that at all whatsoever. There's no compromising there. Because the term means a forbidden relationship. And there, there is no good side to it at all whatsoever. And therefore, a person has to eliminate that completely. Not even to think at all about 
any of these forbidden relationships between men and women. And so too regarding murder. And even insulting another person, which the Gemara refers to as spilling the person's blood. Because when you insult someone, when you embarrass someone, their face changes colors. They turn red first, then they turn white. That definitely is completely forbidden. It's forbidden to insult or embarrass anybody. As it says in Perkei do not insult anyone. That recording the three avoiders that Rabbein Islam mentions in the latter part of the Torah, there a person has to eliminate it completely, no trace of it at all whatsoever. Whereas the three midos that are discussed earlier in that chapter, Shehem, Momoin, Taivas, Momoin, Taivas Mishkol, Taivas Achila, Shom Medaber Mikidushas Elu Hatayvos Afilu Beheter. There, Rabbein Zal is discussing a person trying to rise to a level of holiness regarding these matters, even within what's permissible. A person's allowed to eat, but even though I'm allowed to eat, and it doesn't say in the Torah, don't eat two Danishes, don't eat two. A person needs to know that even though it's kosher and it's permissible, I have to limit, I have to make sure to put limits on my eating and limits on my pursuit for money, not not to, to spend my whole all my time in that and not devote any time to Torah and tefillah. Even though it takes tremendous effort and tremendous holiness for a person to be able to overcome the negative aspects of these taivas, even in what's permitted, as the Gemara says, Make yourself holy, even in that which is permissible to you. Even though you're allowed to, you don't have to take every, you don't have to do everything you're allowed to. You don't have to eat everything you're allowed to eat. So that even though the Torah tells us to limit ourselves in these three areas, but a person has to engage in these three items. A person must engage with money. A person must engage with women in order in order for the world to continue to exist. And now we'll answer the question we started with, why Rabbein Islam mentions Taivas Mishkal in both sets, in both places. Ben he mentions it as one of the three Avoidos, Giloy Arayos, and he mentions it as one of the three Taivas in front. Ben <clears throat> Rabbein Islam calls it Midos, he's referring to the three Taivas Rois. 
because there's a difference between the two. Therefore, in the beginning of the chapter in the Kutimran, where Aben is all speaking about the three Midois, he, he refers to Taivas Hamishkol, Shetzrichen, Lesaken, Gam Achiza Sataiva, Shayeshboi, Mehayanika, Ainsham, whereby Rabbeinazal explains there that even when, when a baby nurses from its mother, through that procedure of a baby nursing from its mother, <coughs> A man receives a desire for a woman, that kind of thing. And a person has to know that to, to go back even to that earliest stage in life and purify it. I and Shum take a look over there towards the beginning of the chapter on the Kutman where Abenazal speaks about this. And this obviously represents one of the highest levels of holiness. Where a person has to purify himself to such a level where, where even the taiva, which, which came to the person from the time at, when they were a baby, when they were nursing from their mother, to be able to purify that, that it should only be have holiness, no iota of unholiness. Because if you take a look at that first set of items that's described over there in Likud Emran, there Rabbi Nezal is speaking about a person improving and perfecting themselves in those areas even regarding what's permissible. That a Jew has to try to purify himself and to make himself holy in these three areas, money, women, and achila, even regarding what's, what's technically permitted. And the person shouldn't be using these things to satisfy their own personal desires. Spending money on things because I like it. I spend money in order to do mitzvahs in my sentoyvim. I'm trying to use all my money for the sake of mitzvah, to buy food for Shabbos, food for Yonder. What do you mean? I'm not going to use, I'm not going to buy food for during the weekdays. The food that I buy during the weekdays, I'm buying what I need in order to be able to serve Hashem. In other words, for the person to limit themselves in these areas, only what's needed, what's necessary to be able to serve Hashem, with tremendous holiness and purity, as Hashem wants. Any questions, please? And now, Rav Nosanzal is going to go into answering the question to explain regarding this doubt that the rabbis had as to the sound of trua. Is the trua that the Torah speaks about, is it what, is it what we call shvorim today? Or is the trua what we call trua today? Rav Nosanzal, the next paragraph, is going to go into showing how that relates to what we're speaking about here. I see there's a question in the chat regarding something I mentioned in a sheer 
the previous year about a story regarding where people say, I can't, when in fact, it's not really something they cannot do, but rather they don't really, they don't want to do it. So the question is here that sometimes a person will say someone will ask someone to do something for them and they'll say, I can't. And and instead they're saying it instead of saying I don't want to because they don't want to offend the person who's asking for a favor or something like that. Is there anything wrong with that? The the answer is not necessarily. But when a person, when a parent asks a child to do something, to help out. When a parent works very, very hard to set up a house or to prepare a meal or something like that, and a parent asks a child, could you please bring me something or could you please help a little bit? And the child says in Hebrew, I have no energy, I have no strength, I can't, that that I can't. Very often that I can't is not, is not a really I can't. It's the, it's, it's saying I don't want to, and it's extremely disrespectful and unreasonable and, and evil, evil. It's an incredible lack of, 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 of uh, appreciation, of realizing how much the other person does for, for me. And, and, and if the person is asking for a little bit of reciprocation and I don't do it, it's, it's something extremely ugly, unjustified, you know, and it's, it's, it's a major problem. I have a quick question. Mm-hmm. In my mind, I just want to understand in your opinion, based on what you've gone through in the last six months, if, I mean, shouldn't we, I, I'm, I cry, I cry because we're not, some of us are not doing the tikkun. The Rav has mentioned many times that our whole purpose here is tikkun, tikkun, tikkun mama, tikkun everything. And I almost, I, I I have tears because sometimes I'm not doing that. Or someone else, Rachman Tlan, they're not um they're not doing the tikkun, or they're not serving a shem the simcha or can the Rav just help me understand like if it's okay that I, tears come out of my eyes because tikkun is not being accomplished. I mean of course that that's the best. That's what Hashem really wants us to do. To, to, to really care, to care about ourselves, to care about other people, to want to do the right thing. And when we see we're not doing the right thing, to, to really regret, to feel regret over it, to cry over it. And when we see other people that are, that are not doing what they should be doing to help themselves and to help the world, to help Klaus Yisrael, to feel pain over it, to cry over it. Question in the chat is giving a baby formula instead of mother's milk. Is that better from the point of view of what we're speaking about here of protecting the baby from developing wrong desires? The answer is no, I would not say that. Rabbein Zal does speak about, and the Gemara speaks about a baby nursing from a mother who conducts herself properly with tzniyus, 
she covers herself properly when she's nursing, and in general, she maintains herself with, with proper tzniyas versus the opposite. The Gemara says that there was a time that the Romans issued a decree against the, not allowing the Jews to have bris milah. And Rabbi Huda Hanasi, his mother was very close to the mother of Andrianus, the mother of the Roman emperor at the time. I don't know if he was emperor at the time, he was still a child. And in order to protect Rabbi Danasi had a bris milah, and if the if the officers of the kingdom would would see it, they could they could kill the baby, they could kill the parents, etc. So they switched children for a certain period of time. Rabbi Danasi's mother took the child, this Andrianus, and and the mother of Andrianus took Rabbi Danasi. And as a result of the fact that this Andrianus nursed from Rabbi Udanossi's mother, who was such a holy tzadikis, it affected him you know, in a very big way, in a very big way. So there is, the Gemara speaks about Isha Chatzufa, a woman who, who conducts herself in a very brazen way, chas v'shon, versus an Isha Tznua, a woman who conducts herself with proper modesty, Mitzvahim in the next year, which we'll have hopefully on Friday morning in Mitzvahim, because Thursday morning I'll I'll be in transit, I'll be on my way to Eretz Yisrael Mitzvahim. We'll continue from here. These words: Ve'yesh l'rames shezel hasofek. Where Rav Nosson is going to explain now what was this doubt that the rabbis had regarding the trua sound? Is it shvorim? Is it trua? And how it relates to what we're learning. Wishing everybody a wonderful Hanukkah. This major Yantif is coming, which is when Hashem performed major miracles that the 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 religious Jews defeated the anti-religious Greeks completely with their powerful armies, and the light of the Besamikta shone forth, Bikdusha, the holy oil. We should be to see the complete and final downfall of all of our enemies. And Hashem should restore the Beis Hamikdash with its full light with the coming of Moshiach. Amen. Amen. Amen.